I don't know that debate is exactly the right word, but there's like a very clear sort of split between, at that time, Katy Perry and Taylor Swift. It's only been reconciled since You Need to Calm Down. Um, I couldn't have said it but better I, myself. Yeah, Steve, so. and, I, and honestly, I'm I surprised that no one... Because you've said it all exactly yeah, Because there weren't no fans. We also really didn't get to see how... And maybe it's just because I wasn't invested enough. How the 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 rap community at large uh, took sides during that feud. Just um, the loudest sigh I could. I hope that was audible, everybody. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't. I, I thought it was a gasp um, of realization. That's that does not what you a gasp needed to like. that you needed to investigate mm. previous. It's the it's an it's an inverse gasp. Steven. Yes. You want to get rid of something? Yes, I do. Um, cool. No. Yes. Oh, no. Mm. Yeah. Um. Actually, I'm wanna. I wanna pull. Uh. I mean, I almost said reversed Thanksgiving, but really, it's a belated Thanksgiving. Um. <laughs> just cause, like, a couple things have happened that are dope. Okay. Um. One, healthcare. Uh. I have been, you know, open and uh perhaps frustrated with. My healthcare plan, but man, Papa qualified for a great one. I my my deductible. Guess how much my monthly payment. monthly payment is going down. You can use percentages, or you can use how a much dollar. Is going down. How much is going down? You can use a dollar amount. Dollars. Uh, more. What you were paying more than that a month? Yeah, I was paying more than that a month. <gasps> Two hundred dollars. Don't tell you more. No, Don't not more. Okay, not more. More. $157. No, I'm kidding. $170. Yeah. $180. Do you now pay zero? I'll now pay 30 but 10 of that is with dental. Ooh. Yeah. I have dental now. Uh-huh. I'm going to be able to get a cleaning stress-free. <laughs> like... What? I can't believe you were paying that much before. Well, I mean, it's a, a, just the way the marketplace. Well, it's yeah. Like I don't know something about the money that I made in 2018. I mean, what I'd like to get rid of is the fact that in order to quali- to you. apply for the uh, marketplace plan in 20 uh, for 2019, I had to then use 2018's taxes to predict what I would make in 2019 and then I would be expected to f- make the difference up come tax time if I was wrong right. and then in order to co- to apply for 2020 I still haven't done 2019's taxes yet so technically I still have to use 2018's taxes as that estimation point to predict what I would be able to do for uh 2020 now that goes that is true for student loans and that's true for healthcare that's Fucking crazy mm-hmm. that I am expected to use two year old taxes to project what my what monthly payments I will be able to make in twenty twenty. What better system could you imagine though? Well, apparently healthcare healthcare, healthcare. Uh, has a better <laughs> system because when I they they had healthcare.gov had already used my current taxes because you know the fucking government already knows how much we make. Mm-hmm. Um, to say that, like, oh, you actually clearly qualify for this plan, $20 a month, your deductible is $0, and your maximum out-of-pocket is $2,000, and your benefits are nominally changed. Mm. You know, like, mm-hmm. that's 
crazy. Yeah. Um, now, the big question is, do I still get exercise benefits? Because if I can get $400 next year in exercise benefits, that is... making money off of your insurance almost. Not what? Uh, 30 times 12... Well, it is it would be. 360. I would make $40 I doubt that you off of my can. health insurance. Do, do you, are you on a new plan? Uh, it is technically, it is a different, a different plan, but it is the same provider. But it's like bronze or platinum. Like uh, it's technically level. essential one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So essential I don't know. Plan. Essential plans, I think, often don't have it. I don't know. I'm also on the essential plan. Yeah. But either way, I'm going down from yeah. uh, certainly saving money. 12 times uh what is that 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 uh twenty four hundred dollars that's so terrible uh, wow a month not a month that is insane that's <laughs> that's, so that's what my parents pay God, um yeah. wow yeah which actually that's they so fought bad. they fought uh going into the marketplace forever because they live in a red state and aca is uh, the 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 devil um and second only to the sale of indulgences but they finally went into the marketplace and are going to be saving $1,700 a month. That's crazy. Um, no, but what I'd like to add... Oh, you're doing two things. Is, no, that was that was actually a preamble. You, um, are you kidding me? You said you want to get rid of... The well, like, I want to get rid of a lot of things, let's all right? Move on. Different colored salts. Like, what? I, let's get rid of that. But... Uh, no, I want to add... the 90s, am I right? Go ahead. <laughs> get... Get a, uh, get a small plug-in light, a little like a small warm light. Mm-hmm. Take a shower in the dark. Just enough light so you can see what's going on. But I'm telling you, it sounds like a soap opera, no, but dark just, showers yeah, no, they're great, but are you just, amazing. So you want to buy yourself add, a nightlight? No, I want everyone to start <laughs> taking <laughs> dark showers. Okay. Because, boy, that is soothing as hell. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's it. I'm done. Great. <laughs> Those were really related. Because dark showers are good for your health. So that's probably why you're deductible. Wow, I think you're down. fishing. Um, mm, maybe you no, should just yeah. – maybe you uh, – Gina, we're short on time. I, think, I feel like Thank you, you – uh, Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. I'm so sorry, everybody. Um, well, mine's simple, and it doesn't it, – it's one that I've – been thinking about and it's an obvious one and I'm now I'm like wondering if I've already said them because probably have we've done you, should we move on uh okay. yeah that's fine <laughs> with me um I just want to get rid of cheap umbrellas do we do this do we talk about this honestly I don't know but it is a problem because that plagues uh, everybody, New York New York especially yeah but like I mean it's just true that if you spend a little more money on a nicer umbrella it will last you much longer but right. the problem really is that like there are we're so inundated with like mm. a five dollar umbrella that will last you one rainstorm, right? And then the second time you bring it out is like in the middle of the next rainfall is when you right. realize it doesn't work, and then that and so you're stuck in the rain and you get wet and your also, umbrella sucks and you spend more money than you need to. You know, like if, if you live in a place where you have a car, then you just keep an umbrella in your car and then you get out the car and blah blah blah. And if you're going out your um, if you go to the car, um, if you go to the car, then. You're just like, oh, it's raining, but if I make it to the car, then I'm in shade mm-hmm. and I'll just use it when I get out. If you don't – if that's not part of your situation, yeah, it's just – it sucks to like have an umbrella on hand. So you just 
never really think to bring it and then it Unless rains later in the day right like while yeah. you're leaving the house yeah. and then if it's if it's not then you leave without it and then suddenly yeah. you don't have you know they should make but, you know like how there's the little you can like reuse, Accio like, umbrella well that too they should make that um but the, the little like reusable bags you can fold 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 down to like a tiny little thing that like zips up and can go in your bags. You just like always have a bag for groceries. If there was technology to make a really good umbrella that could just like down to this like tiny, like pen size almost. You could just always have it with you easily. And then you just click a button and it like gets big and it's a full size, really good umbrella. I'd like that. Well, I don't see that 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 is like likely possible. I do think that like, uh, like a frisbee sized one would be possible, or mm, maybe an apple. Flatten. Because, well, it'd have to have room for enough material that it would be at least like two and a half feet in diameter. It'd have to have the like the mechanism that would support it once I it expanded, know, and it would have to have the handle. I know this is all so, true, like, I feel even. like it could be like a large apple shape, like a like a like a jazz apple shape, um, and then you know your apples. It could also be look, I'm a man who knows his apples. You like them apples. You know, do you like uh, do you like gay Gayburn? Gay, gay do you like Brayburn Gala? <laughs> Don't make Gala. that face. Gala. Okay, Gala. whatever. I don't know. Apples. They're all <laughs> reddish with a little bit of gold. Yes. Um, but, um yeah. Yeah. Okay. No. But they you know, the, it is the it is a truism, as they say. Um they do. That, you know, one twenty dollar umbrella is worth mm-hmm. more than four or five dollar umbrellas. That's true. Um with Except that unless coffee, you lose it after the second uh, use, that, in which then it is it's your fault. It is not. And you suck. Um yeah. But it's about to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, Let's get this show on the road. On the on, out to the. Let's get this show on the prairie. Um, yeah, let's do it. Sandwich. No, um, I feel while I I almost felt bad for not having um, uh, an amazing clever intro, clever intro but um, uh, I will, uh, yeah, here's. I'll, I'll give it a read. I'll give it a read, and oh, so you do I think have that you'll. Well, I gave it a shot, and then I, I was. Then you questioned it. I will no. I just got to a point where I was like, I'm never gonna make it back to the introduction. <laughs> I think it's very hard when you do have two movies too. So I think we can yes, abandon it. But also, but go, uh, for it, go for it. I also um, have a challenge for you. Welcome. It's the start of a new year. Oh God. As I return to the studio in Queens, I find it deserted. Oh God. Even though I am alone, I have decided to ration my opinions as though I were part of a podcast and not the whole thing. And then I was like, I'm not getting anywhere. I'm, also, where's Ghost? I'm not Bring getting it. I was going to get to Ghost. Uh, uh, something like, about I laundering, sense, I drug sense money. Gina, but I, I don't think she's here. Right, I thought about she's it and so I thought quiet. about like, maybe do I be like Whoopi Goldberg having it like realizing that uh, there are spirits? Sure. Okay. Uh, but I. I Oh, God. But we didn't do that. Um, Instead. No, I didn't. Instead, I would just like to welcome you to Should We Keep This? The Cultural Review podcast you know and love that looks back over the past 50 years of music, film, and television, challenging your nostalgia to get at the question, should we keep Keep this? this? I am Stephen Moskis. I am ah, Gina Stevenson. Today, we're talking about... The films of 1990. So excited for this decade. Ghost. And Dances Dances with with Wolves. wolves. Yes. 
Yo. Quite a year. Quite a year. Uh, which yeah. one did you watch first? Well, I watched Dances with Wolves first. All right. Okay, so we can start with that. So this, um, <clears throat> I will say this, this is the year of women not being sexualized by their costuming. Fair. I'd like to no, say No, fair. That. Absolutely. Um, which is cool. Maybe, I would you even that. say, I don't know that we would, I would say not only are women not sexualized for their costuming, but I feel like these men are fairly sexualized. Mm. I mean, definitely ghosts. In their costuming? Oh, yeah. We saw a lot of abs. Yeah. Big time. Um, yeah. I don't know that we... Yeah, his he we get we get the he gets some cost nakedness. Yes, Uh, we see a lot of Kevin Costner's butts. We see some butt. No, we only see his butt. Maybe Swayze's butt. No. Anyways, either way, I don't think we see any Swayze butt. No, I was just fantasizing about it. That's too bad. Um, Either way, women are not sexualized by their costuming Mm -hmm. in these movies, and I appreciate that. And that is not a given, especially considering where we've come from in the previous movies. So, Dances with Wolves. Let's start there. So. This is a historical fiction epic. Um, it is set in the 1860s, uh, and it's about an army lieutenant named John J. Dunbar who uh, fought in the Civil War and then is, after getting injured and doing something heroic, he is sent to the farthest westernmost outpost, Fort Sedgwick, um, where he leads a solitary life awaiting reinforcements who never come. Um, and he is alone there, except for his horse, Cisco, and this wolf that keeps coming around, seeming interested in him, won't eat from his hand, but, like, he's sort of, like, they, they have a bond, it would seem. Um, and John, this whole time, meanwhile, has heard a lot about Native Americans, but has never met any. Um, and he first sees them when uh, some of his Sioux neighbors attempt to steal his horse, beloved Cisco. Um, and so he decides to go to their camp to try to have a dialogue with them rather than just be waiting. He's like standing here waiting for, you know, something to happen. Uh, on his way over, he comes across, uh, a white woman who is, uh, dressed in Sioux clothing and she's all bloody and like passing out. Um, and he brings her back to the tribe. It turns out she's lived with the tribe since she was a child. Uh, despite some initial hostility and wariness, understandably, he and many of the, the people in the tribe begin to respect each other. They even are trying to sort of communicate a little bit. Um, Kicking Bird, who is the medicine man, uh, wants John to tell him basically in the tribe, like how many white people are coming their way to, you know, mm-hmm. destroy stuff. Um, and so he enlists the woman, uh, who is the woman who, you know, has lived with the tribe since she was a kid. Uh, her name is Stands with a Fist. Uh, he enlists her to translate um, because she still remembers English vaguely. And a lot of the movie is John just sort of like being with them, coming to be accepted into the tribe. He helps them hunt buffalo, helps defend the camp from an attack by a rival Pawnee tribe. Uh, they give him a Sioux name that means dances with wolves after they see him playing with that same wolf from earlier. Um, and he abandons his life at the fort and marries stands with a fist. Uh, he is about to leave to go with them to their winter camp when he remembers his journal that this whole time he's been annoyingly narrating through throughout the whole movie, um, cause he left it at the fort and he's worried that if people find it, then, you know, they'll figure out where the, the tribe is. Uh, and so he goes back to the fort, but he finds a ton of soldiers there. They capture him, interrogate him. They're taking him away so that he can be hanged somewhere for, you know, treason. But, uh, on the way and on the way they shoot the wolf that, you know, his beloved wolf and he's rescued though by, um, some warriors from the tribe and, 
goes back with them to the winter camp, but decides that he has to leave, afraid that the soldiers will keep looking for him and not wanting to endanger his new friends. Um, and that's pretty much that's the movie. Mm-hmm. I'd say. Yeah, it's. Um, I, I would say, and 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 I I I guess I would. I, I want to take this opportunity to call myself out for like always wanting to, kind of predict trends or like really sort of get ahead of like where films are falling in some sort of trends that really I don't even know exist and possibly I'm just finding uh, fishing for validation. But uh, um, the this year, I guess, um, as I will describe, is definitely a year of safe bets. So I don't really have a lot to say. You know, this movie made... $424 million off of, you know, a $22 million budget. It was nominated for, um, it won Best Picture, Best Director, Best Adapted Screenplay, Film Editing, Cinematography, Original Score, Sound Mixing, and then it was nominated for Actor, Supporting Actor, Supporting Actress, Art Direction, Costume Design. Um, it was a lot. It was 12 nominations. Mm-hmm. Um, Kevin Costner, this was the, he had been around from, he started in like the early 80s, um, and then his heyday really was around 87 um, with Unforgiven, and then it went up through Waterworld. Like that was sort of the Kevin Costner period. That was his peak, and we're snap, smack dab in the middle of that. Um, then the, the screenwriter, very little info available. Um, and just to make sure, Kevin Costner also directed. Oh, he directed it, and he also uh, produced it as well. Um, and then Mary McDonald, she had been around for like a decade. Um, stands with a fist. Stands with a fist, and she, you know, has worked. You know, continues to work ever since, and she's you know, notably in in things like you know Donnie Darko. But there hasn't really been. There was no like notable upswing in casting, mm-hmm. um, like we sometimes see where people, you know, explode. Um, and then Graham Greene, he was he who was playing um, uh, Kicking, Kicking Bird. Bird. He um, he had been acting for over a decade, still acting regularly. And then uh, Rodney Grant, who was. Uh, wind in his hair. Um, he's technically still active, but he hasn't really done anything since the early 2010s. Um, you know, just like sort of smaller, smaller bit parts here and there. Mm-hmm. Often and often. Um, no, I don't, no, I'll withhold that. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, mostly like co-star bit part type things. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and that's really. Uh, all I have to say, I, I honestly, watching it, I couldn't find a. I I I, I had no rec. I had no, with the, with the exception of the name. Mm-hmm. I. Oh, like for quotes or something? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. like I I I saw no, nothing I, that I was like. Mm-hmm. Th- this has made it. This has survived. This has continued on. I mean. Sure. Uh, I don't know if this belongs in this section, but I feel, uh, maybe it's worth mentioning. I think that like the sort of there there is there's like some uh, conflict or like controversy, uh, basically like within Native communities about the movie. I feel like there's there's one side in that which is that Kevin Costner was um, 
given honorary was like honor an honorary member became an honorary member of Su- the Sioux Nation mm. after the movie came out because like uh, many Sioux people were so grateful for the depiction of like peaceful everyday life. Mm. But then also there have been like critics from within the Native American community of like the, how the film is doing what it's doing. So I don't know if this belongs here, but just to say that like I feel like that's as far as like a question of the movie, which is I think the biggest question of the movie as far as critical response. That is a question of the movie, and I do feel like I don't want to discuss it. Totally, here. yeah. But I just yeah. want to drop that. No, totally. I mean, and and that is, you know, we often discuss controversies yeah. in this period. So yeah, like that is definitely there is a yeah there is a question there. Um, yeah. Well, let's move to ghost. Let's move to ghost. So we can get into let's these do questions. Um, okay, so this is so Ghost is the top grossing movie of 1990. Um, this is, I'd say, equally a romance mystery dramedy kind of, as far as like, like, like tone and genre. Definitely, it yeah. very much straddles all those worlds. So um, in the beginning of the movie, we meet Sam, who is a banker, and his girlfriend Molly, who's a potter, um, and they're renovating and moving into an apartment in Soho, mm-hmm. a huge loft that's very beautiful, right. uh, with the help of their friend and Sam's coworker, Carl. Sam and Molly uh, are in a relationship. They seem to have a passionate romance. Um, they seem happy together, but Sam rarely says, I love you. Um, mm. And he's like worried that things are going so well and that always means something's going to go bad. Uh, one day at work, Sam tells Carl that he sees something fishy with a couple of accounts at the bank, but and Carl's like, oh, I can help you with that, but Sam declines his offer to help. Uh, and that night, Sam and Molly get mugged, and Sam gets shot in the process, dying. Uh, so he dies, boom, right away. Uh, but he remains as a ghost. ghost. Oh. Uh, no one can see him or hear him or touch him. Um, he follows Molly around. Because he's like, what do I do? Why am I still here? What's happening? Uh, Molly's inconsolable. And Sam basically stumbles upon this psychic, this woman, Oda Mae Brown, who has been a you know charlatan faking it until this moment when... I feel like you're... Can I, I just jump I, I'm in? Gonna, I feel like I'm going to add the plot. I just don't want... Yeah, so but, yeah, but, yeah, but uh, he discovers her yeah. because he she's goes, right outside yeah. of... Where Willie's apartment. No, I know. I'm yeah. just trying to be concise. I'm going to mention that in a second. I promise. Anyways, uh, the uh, psychic. Now I've thrown me out. Oda Mae Brown. So she's been a fake. But then until this moment when she actually hears Sam, because he's right there in the room and he's talking. Uh, and she's like, why can I hear you? Um, and basically he enlists her to help him talk to Molly. Because convincing Molly that it is really him speaking through her. Um, and he helps, he, he needs her help because he learns that Carl, who was his, he thought his friend, is the one who actually set up the mugging um, because he's trying to launder money through the bank and needed a code that's in Sam's wallet. Um, and so Carl has paid this guy, Willie Lopez, to do the mugging. And so, you know, Sam is sort of like tracking down this mystery the whole time. Um, so Sam also, he enlists Otome to thwart the scheme basically also. So like they, he has her, he, you know, he has her like get the money out of the account that before Carl can launder it. Um, and hijinks ensue, lots of stuff. Molly, (laughs) Molly and Sam, uh, share this like tender moment, um, before this one night before Carl, arrives threatening to kill Molly if Sam doesn't tell him where the money is because by this point they all basically like know Sam is really there as a ghost. Um, And 
uh, Carl, oops, I wrote Sam, but Carl accidentally dies in a surprisingly brutal way, uh, impaled by some window glass yeah. in this like struggle. Uh, and his ghost is immediately dragged off to hell by some demon shadows that are creepy. Sam becomes visible to Molly in this last moment as this like light shines down on him. They say goodbye, and he walks off into heaven. Mm-hmm. That's that movie, essentially. Mm-hmm. There's a complex plot as far no, as it is, the there's, wandering it's, and the mugging and the mystery yeah, element of it, you know, like yeah. sort of that side of it. But. Basically, uh, yeah, no, don't sell drugs. Uh, well, sorry, that was opinion. I apologize. That's <laughs> for the next section. Um, but who sells, who sells drugs? What? Gina, did you watch the film? Yeah. Car, uh, Carl is laundering oh, drug money doing, oh, for. Drug, okay. I missed like, the like why he he's gets doing involved with organized crime. It's like uh, they're, it's uh, it's like, not just like, you know, quote unquote. I feel like to say. Drug dealing is one thing, but this is very clearly like high, high profile yeah. organized crime um, that right. he has gotten involved in. Got um, I missed the, I truly was like, why are they doing it? Because I, it was like mm. one line I feel like that I must have missed. Yeah. Uh, oh, I think he actually says it in the conversation with Willie because when he's like goes over to Willie and he's like, they're going to kill me and they're going to kill you. Okay. They're like, they're, he, uh, him watching him like sweat and freak out was like, uh, it was dope. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. This is the 93rd highest grossing movie of all time. Okay. Uh, it made $505 million off of, oddly, same budget. I wonder if it's some sort of like rote budget. No, not like a $505 million oh. budget, but $22 million. I just thought it was interesting that the Days of Wolves and Ghost had a $22 million budget mm-hmm. both. And I was like, that maybe uh-huh. this is some sort of like, you know, we're putting a cap on it. Like a scale. Well, no, just yeah, like oh, some sure. sort of scale marking where mm-hmm. it's like, oh, this movie's got this size, so put it at 22 million. They don't um, seem to be like the same scale. Yeah. So that's a strange. Right. Hmm. But I don't know if, it, yeah, if it's like some sort of like contract thing. I don't, I, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, we haven't ever seen that kind of consistency throughout hmm. budgeting. So I, I don't, it doesn't yeah, seem likely. But um, this was nominated for five Oscars. Um, Picture, score, film editing. Uh, it won. Uh, Whoopi Goldberg won some Best Supporting Actress, and it won Best Original Screenplay. Mm-hmm. Um, then the writer, this was his first major work, um, did a number of uh, films in like the 90s were kind of his heyday. He uh, wrote a number of movies, but uh, his most notable ones, in my opinion, would be uh, Jacob's Ladder, Sleeping with the Enemy, and Deep Impact. Um, then Jerry Zucker, the director, been around forever, but he had been directing. Um, the reason that it's got the like comic vibe is because he directed Airplane. Like he was directing like Airplane and the Naked Gut. Am I, I gonna? I, no. What are you gonna? Are you telling? I've I, never seen it. Oh my god! <laughs> I'm like I've heard of that movie. Wow. <laughs> I, I, was like, I can tell. I was like, you never. Wow. Okay. Well. Well. I'm sure it means. We'll something. have to uh, circle back around. Okay. <laughs> um. Or who knows? Maybe I'll have to say no. We gotta get rid of it. Um. <laughs> but he also and like directed the Naked Gun movies and things like that. Um. Mm. Yeah. So that's where like the comedic elements of the mm. script uh gotcha. definitely helped. He helped punch those up. Uh, Patrick Swayze, um, been in movies for a decade. Um, 
Dirty Dancing came mm-hmm. out three years before, so he was like Maybe. definitely. Uh, this was you know after the outsiders, outsiders. It was after um, Dirty Dancing. Like he was definitely like he was an established like sex symbol. But the but Jerry Zucker didn't want him because he had been in Roadhouse and he hated him in Roadhouse. So then, but he like fought his way into the audition room, and then he was uh, wow. he was like after he, he like. Uh, apparently they did the sides for the the very end the final scene mm. and he was like all right this Fine, guy's this guy's in. um <laughs> then uh to me more like to me to me to me i don't know but more um is she was already like part of the brat pack and she was already one of the although it is debated um uh, tepidly as to whether or not she really deserves to be part of the brand pack or if it was just like one movie that she did. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she also like, um, had been in, she was in this movie about last night that was seen as like the turning point in her career. So she was already big and already like established. Um, by the time this movie had come out, will be Goldberg, um, already established had already had her one woman show on broadway etc do not yawn while i am doing the segment you know that i am self-conscious about whether or not this part is interesting that's not why i yawned (laughs) um but then uh so then this movie um despite the fact that she had been uh very successful as a comedian she had not been and and as an actress she had been in a lot of films as an actress she still faced like uh hurdles that they didn't want to they didn't want her for this movie and actually um Whoopi Goldberg herself has credited uh Swayze this sort of came out when he was uh Either either when he had recently passed or when he was getting close to passing, that that like he fought for her to be in the movie and said that if she wasn't in the movie, that he would walk. Wow. Um hmm. and then as and then, you know, in the in the nineties, that's when, you know, she became you know, for for a brief period of time, ninety three to ninety six, she was the the highest paid actress only to be replaced by Demi Moore. Um, and then she also was the, she became the first black woman to solo host the Oscars. Um, she was the, she won the best supporting actress for Oscar for the, for Otome Brown. And she was the first black woman to win an Oscar since uh, second total. And the only, the, the only previous one was Hattie McDaniels for Gone with the Wind. Wow. Um that's crazy. And then and she's hosted it like three or, or four times. Mm-hmm. Um and and she's also she's now an EGOT. Mm-hmm. Uh and then Tony Goldwyn, who played uh Carl. He's in scandal now. Oh my god, I know. Um I like, that can't be that same guy. Right. But <laughs> uh you know, and he doesn't really do too much. Uh, he hasn't really done too much. This was only his fourth film. How his grandfather, though, Samuel Goldwyn. Like this was not the so Samuel Goldwyn, i.e. Metro Goldwyn Meyer, i.e. 
MGM. Yeah. So like he a big name. He he was gonna make it. Yeah. This movie he didn't need this movie right. to make. And there's like talks about you know how he you know his wife like really pushed him to to push his agent to to get him in the room for Carl and all this stuff. And I was like, dude, your grandfather <laughs> was is one of the biggest names. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. He's like the G. One yeah. of the titular like movie producers. Right. It, it, yeah. Um, he does very well though. I think he's a good actor. Oh man! Wow! Yeah, great job. Like, which is nice to know that it wasn't just sort of nepotism, you know? Right, but like also in a way, like in sometimes not, but a lot of times, Sorry. like a, a a benefit of nepotism is also immersion, and immersion can really help with ability, sure. you know? Um, so yeah, no, he was dope. Mm-hmm. Um. And I, I did feel a little bit sad about Rick of uh, Aviles or Ava, uh, I don't know how to say it, um, mm-hmm. but he played Willie Lopez. Um, he had been in the business for about ten years at this point. All of his roles were sort of bit part, very stereotypical mm-hmm. uh, roles, sort of like uh, Puerto Rican quote gangster types. Right. Um, and it was just really sad because he also he died uh, only a few years later from uh, heroin, mm-hmm. and so I just was I I thought that his acting in the movie was really good too, mm-hmm. and I I just wish he were around in a different time where he would have more uh, prospects than that. Sure, agreed. Um, yeah, so okay, you ready? It? I'm ready. I guess. Okay. One, Three, two. two. One. Oh, both. Keep them both, I guess. Yeah, I think both. I'm uh, so conflicted about Dances with Wolves. I have. I feel less I conflicted eight. about Dances with Wolves than Ghost. Yeah, I feel like I feel like. How, how do I put this? Um, I just feel like. Uh, I feel blasé about Dancing with Wolves. I feel like it says. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> what did I say? It's a dancing. It doesn't. It's not I said dances. Uh, I I I, we'll, I we'll, elided we'll go, all the, the words. Dances with we'll, wolves. We'll go to the tape. Anyway, dances with wolves. Going. Yeah. Uh, playback. Playback. <laughs> we'll make a note. Michael. Playback. Um, but uh, <clears throat> yeah. No. He, I. Okay. Mm-hmm. I I just felt like almost. It felt a lot to me like the last emperor, where we don't have any cultural references to this movie really. It it was to me a very sort of boring and inconsequential film. Um and then I think that the movie uh you know something that in Kevin Costner's, you know, 1990 paradigm, you know, worldview, it did not really see that uh you know nowadays people you know, maybe the i don't i don't know how to put it but there there are problems with the film yes however like the you know he is still very critical 
of American expansion. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like even critical of the kind of like man who wants to go out and live on the frontier and make it a, with a true connection to the earth. Um, and then he's critical of that in the movie. I, I, I like what he's doing. I, you know, it's the way that he's treated before doing it is, uh, I mean, like the whole time he's treated like he's st- stupid or like, why would you want to do that? Or, or really like a boy, mm. like, like he's someone who never grew up. And I think there is something to the fact that, like, you know, these dream, like, cowboy <laughs> dreams, they mm-hmm. are, like, like a boyhood fantasy. Mm-hmm. I think it's also something that he realizes when he gets out there and there's nobody there and he's got to, like, do all this stuff. Right. Well, he seems pretty happy to be alone and doing this stuff, according to his diary, yeah. which... No, uh, I know, his, I know. But, but so, um, yeah. Which I mean, we are forced to... Which we, his narration uh, has got reliable. to go. God, his voice over um, It's the worst acting right. I've ever heard as well, because he's like, today was the best day of my life. Today was the worst day of my life. Like, he yeah. literally... Everything is the same, right. but... But you didn't do the, like, kind of drawl type, today was the... Wor- I, I have a terrible <laughs> sure. Kevin Costner impression. <laughs> out, yeah, I was, just, I was just doing the emotion. Right. But, I mean, okay, so so I think the reason... So the reason I do think we should probably still keep it is, uh, like, it is... So it, there is a stat I found. I don't actually know how much this was, but that, um, as far as money, but this has become, like, the, the highest grossing... Uh, Western of mm-hmm. all time, and because you know this movie is attempting to present Native Americans in a far more positive light than any previous Western ever did, you know, as far as mm-hmm. showing like them as a full people who are the tri- in the tribes, like as a full person and not as like some villain who right. is the foil of stuff, and you know, so I feel like because this became the highest grossing film uh, like w- highest grossing western ever like that is really important that this one that it wasn't propagating like yeah some really some even more obviously harmful some harmful stereotypes um and so i think in that way like this one seems like it does have a larger impact at least culturally than the last emperor or something because i i had heard of this movie for sure i just hadn't seen it and like you know i think like it was more popular than the mm-hmm. Last Emperor being just the example that you brought up. So I feel like it, you know, in pop culture wise, like it has a place and it it made its place. And again, I think that like it is worth keeping because it's trying to do something more consciously than previous Westerns did. Um, and, but at the same time, like, you know, there are, so there's like the two things, um, you know, it, it is still like a movie about a white dude, kind of a white savior movie because he like, you know, finds the buffalo. Like, he, like, just, like, helps them a lot. He doesn't... They they probably also maybe would have seen them or something, but he, like, comes up and is like, the buffalo are here, and they, like, are happy. And he, you know, he kind of, like, helps them in his... In his uh, self. But they save him. He's not, like... It, I, I don't know that he... It goes back and forth, does the, but... Does the buffalo thing... You, do you consider that part of, like... 
He just sees them and tells them. Right. Like, well, but I think like it goes back and forth. Like, cause yeah, of course they save his, yeah. literally save his life. Um, you know, when he's going to be killed by white people. Um, but like, there is a sense of like, you have changed us, you know, like there, there feels like there's like, he's, he's like seen as such a deep part of the tribe by the end when he's leaving. Like, Everyone is so sad that he leaves that like there is a sense mm. of like this man was so special to us. And I'm kind of like, ah, I don't. Yeah, no, I that, didn't like you know? it, especially because uh, he when when he's talking to the. Like soldiers that have arrested him. Mm-hmm. Um, they're uh, they're like, you know, who are you? And he's like, I was stationed here last April. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, so it's been like, so it's like year? less than a year. It's been, <laughs> right, you're right. saying no. it's been like seven months mm-hmm. yeah. that you've been here. Yeah. There's so, yeah. like plausibility things like that. Right. Like, that not only has he worked this. his way into the tribe, he has become fluent in their language right. and has fallen in love and married a woman who was in mourning for her late husband when they when met. He met her. Yeah. Yeah. So like, that is one thing. And another thing which I wouldn't have thought of, um, but I was just like reading some articles and things written by um, Native people who were just like talking about the movie. There was mm-hmm. somebody mentioned that I actually don't know what the name of it is. Like an epigraph is at the beginning of something, but I don't know what you call it when there's like text at the end of a thing. But like at the end of the movie, there's this text that Post-grant. comes across. Yeah, sure. Um, that is, you know, it's saying like 13 years after what we saw, like the last, like, you know, everybody in everyone oh the 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 tribe yeah like the white people's power and like and it said something that was like the you know the great horse culture of the plains was like lost forever and essentially what i was like what i saw was from reading these articles of like people saying like that is this is like a perfect example of like imperialist nostalgia of basically saying like there are no more natives essentially it's saying like people who are like those were the like actual Native Americans. And if you are a Native American, you live today, like that there's some like nostalgia for this like sense of like, oh, they used to be this thing. And so they're all gone now, you know, it's the sense of like sort of, sort of erasing the idea of like that there are still, of course, Native American people. Mm -hmm. Um, So like that, you know, was a thing that I like didn't really think about until I read that. Um, But so, yeah, so I'm like conflicted because like, you know, it, it is a movie about this white dude and, like, it, it is about, like, his connection, uh, like, learning new things about how, about his worldview and about who is good and, you know, looking past assumptions. And, like, and I, and I do think that's helpful, especially considering that probably the audience of this movie, they were intending it to be for a white audience. And so, mm-hmm. like, showing a white guy, like, experiencing those things, it's like you know, that maybe it's like people who are white would be like, let me challenge my assumptions too or something. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, But, but yeah, I just, yeah, it's still like a a conflicted thing in my mind just because I don't know. um, Yeah. I just like, don't, I know that there is some controversy from the perspective of, of native Americans. And so like, yeah, but at the same time he was made an honorary member of the Sioux nation uh, you know, because like, again, like seeing, seeing for the first time, uh, people being presented not as like totally evil and bloodthirsty 
and just showing day-to-day life is amazing. And also they did, they're really speaking Lakota. Like there's mm-hmm. a, a woman uh, who like taught them all the language and like right. the dialect and all that. And it's like, that's really, and like it's in subtitles in English subtitles. So like we can really be hearing them speaking, you know, mm-hmm. so like it's, I think the intentions of it are, um, are as good as they could be considering like the people making the movie, you know? Yeah. I, I think that, that, um, if in 1990, you know, white people like white Hollywood had, you know, this incredibly statistically significant grip on the means of production, Mm -hmm. then a top to bottom native helm, native helmed film, it w- would not be made and right. would not be sold. Totally. And, you know, and so the, you know, what I, I almost see this as kind of going into, um, you know, when I, when I would hear people talk about the movie, the big sick, um, and and whether or not that movie contains really harmful depictions of South Asian women, um, I think it's similar. Where it's like that, I, I almost feel like this movie did probably the best that a nineteen ninety film could do. Mm. And the 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 issue is not that it did badly, but that there isn't more now. Mm. You know, like. There should just there should just be more, yeah. You know, and then there should be more, you know, f- you know, just films about about contemporary Native Americans. You know that that you know that they don't all you know the 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 uh, kicking bird's name is Graham. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and and so like there there can be lots of. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the uh, wind in his hair's name is Rodney, you know, so there can be films about Native Americans where people aren't, you right. know, having these sort of na- names that play to this sort of uh, like imperial nostalgia. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's also this like, gl- like glory of the previous land as though like, also, there's kind of an implication that it wasn't hard, mm. you know, that like they had this great, uh, you know, like glorious society, which is like they had a society, but like just like all societies, like it wasn't easy. Like mm-hmm. they, they, there were certain, right. you know, um, yeah, it's a little bit simplistic, right? There, yeah, um, it definitely is this, like, this, it seems like something for like a suburban white audience to just be like, to talk about, to just speak really reductively about what it meant to be a native American and how they, it like with regards to, uh, the way that like the white people, the white soldiers are portrayed in this movie. Mm -hmm. I don't think that white people, when they saw this movie in 1990 had any sort of thought process about, whether or not they were those white people, whether or not like this movie was sort of working its 
working its way to like undo our understanding of frontiers frontiersmen and like the the I don't even know what they called those sections of the military that would go out to like hold those forts. Um, But I mean, they, they probably saw them and were like, those people, they just, yeah, it, 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 and like hated them without really acknowledging how much they of themselves they were seeing in the in there mm-hmm. um and so like i would like to see movies another like another more movies in addition and movies that that basically force you to self identify with the people that you're seeing totally um i also it's kind of related to this i i was surprised i was unpleasantly surprised that there was almost no depictions of white people like initiating violence like or, uh, there was like a scene at the beginning that was like set in the civil war and i was like we're in the backdrop of the civil war um and so many of the scenes that have violence in the movie aside from honestly like that first one where we see like a little bit of fighting between like the confederate soldiers and the union army and then when they when the soldiers are like shooting the wolf, like there's a lot of depictions of like other tribes, essentially, usually like initiating violence first. Like there's, there's like the Pawnee are shown in a couple of scenes of like, you know, really brutally like instigating violent attacks. And I just was like, this is really skewed in a direction that is like not true in in terms of like wanting to see the whole side of like wanting to see like white settlers or like white even just like art the army people like oh do you mean in just, her flashback i mean her flashback but i also mean like uh they, they attack the, the, wag- the, the guy who's like yeah. got the wagon um you know they attack the the lakota tribe too like uh-huh. but i just was like where are the it would have been nice to see like a scene of like white people doing what the you know like because right. they started it, you know, like the white people like attacking natives for no reason, seemingly, you know. Mm-hmm. So I feel like yeah, that- the only the only reason that I um, dislike that, I mean, so one the the attack on the wagon rider, mm-hmm. um, th- when they spoke about it beforehand, they were very clearly talking about this person as like as trespassing mm-hmm. and also there was a debate amongst those people as to whether or not they should just leave it mm-hmm. and that there was just that one their like leader who was like you know you guys are soft we have to go in and and get that guy um but then also uh the uh, the other the the and then all, and then the fact that like there are these two tribes that are against one another is also doing something that I think is important, which is like reflecting that the Native American community is not a homogenous community, and sure. that there were that there were separate nations. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, um, that uh, I feel like inevitably if there were like 
I think that it's necessary that he went to a place where there were no white people so that the film did not become about like two groups of white people dealing with one another. And, and that, because I feel like inevitably it would have been about Kevin Costner interacting with white people with ancillary native American characters, mm-hmm. as opposed to him interacting with their society. Yeah, no. And I, I don't think there's, I, yeah, not like a big, in a big way, but even in the way that like she has her flashback, which is a short scene of like, you know, yeah. her family being attacked. Like, I'm just like, it's strange to me that there wasn't, there wasn't really a representation of like white instigated, seemingly senseless violence, you know, against native people. But that's, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was pretty wild. I mean, it was definitely, I mean, I feel like the way they were like, being disgusting to him like mm-hmm. for a long time. Um Yeah, no, they definitely are yeah. we think that they are gross. And sure. then also just the fact that he like when he rode up and saw that they were there um, instantly that he was met with like right, a barrage just, right. of gunfire. Right, yeah. Um but then and then also uh, but thing, things that uh, something that I liked about um something that I liked about Stands with a fist. Uh, when I first saw her, I was like, oh, dear God. I know. And then... <laughs> I was like, why is this white woman pretending right. to be a Native American? And then, and then it was like, thank God she's supposed to be a white woman. Right, I know. <laughs> and then, Seriously. But then it was also like, mm, I, don't, I don't know that I love this accent business, but if you had been... Mm-hmm. To you know, if she had been you know eight years old when she joined this tribe, and now she's trying to speak English, she mm-hmm. would have an accent, right. but it still feels weird. Yeah, um, it does. And then also, the uh, I don't know the 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 depiction of her sort of mental trauma is a little bit odd in some situations. Mm-hmm. Um, but then all uh, and then also um, the the only other thing that I would say is. She, everyone has, they don't make it clear to me as to whether or not it's part of a quote unquote mourning process. Um, But everyone has very fine, well-groomed hair. Oh my God. And she has like. She's got like a, she's got like waves uh, or like um, Farrah Fawcett hair. She just looks like bangs. She's like a member of heart. She's yeah, like, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. I was like, what is this weird, crazy, teased, like teased so wildling white. hair that like? But it looks like it's just like hair from the eighties. Like it doesn't look like it's meant it to be like it's all tangled and like she doesn't take care of it. It just looks like it. Like she's got bangs and she's got layers and just just like it looks like it's sort of like blown out. Yeah, it. it <laughs> I hated it's that. very weird. I'm like, why isn't this like straight yeah. right. and like? braided or right, something the same like, way that other people like all everyone yeah, else's yeah that was, that was strange i also and i like don't actually know how i feel about this question but like i just kept asking myself like why well first of all like i think the relationship between the two of them stands mm-hmm. with this and john i was like there's no sense in any way that like there's anything about the other person 
that like causes a romance or like makes them like love each other. Decides and their a, shared whiteness. Exactly. Yeah. And so like that was my, I was like, would it be better if like, why does she have to be a white character? And like, but at the same time, if she was a native woman, then like he, they got married and like, there certainly could be sort of like a way that he's like exoticizing her, you know? Totally. I mean, they're literally just, like, this exact, no, there isn't a world in which a, he, there isn't a world in which we aren't having this exact conversation right. unless he brings his wife to the fort and they just both come from society sure. to, or, from, from, from like, like white society yeah. together. Unless it was like a better written, like if, you know, like if that was an intentional, like if she wasn't white, there is certainly a way that they could make, write the movie that it does something interesting, you know, and like not suspicious. Yeah, but then again, but we would trust, still have a I don't debate trust that about this movie would do it well, right? Yeah, and like then there'd be this debate because she inevitably like chooses to leave, leave him, him, leave with him, right. and so then it's this issue. Then it would be, I'm, I'm sure, inevitably an issue of depicting, you know, some depicting like that. You know, like choosing white men over sure, Native American totally. men and that kind of thing. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, the whole storyline would have to be changed. And like, but if the movie was asking those questions, like, then it would be, an, it could do an interesting job of it. Like, if there was the question of like, whoa, well, why are you choosing this man? And like, what, mm -hmm. you know, like, what is this about? Then like, yeah, but I don't trust that that's, that in the 90s or in 1990, this movie could have done that. Yeah. I honestly though like I don't trust that it could happen now. Like like even in the big like like I mean to to bring it up one last time. Maybe I'll just keep bringing it up for the entire future of this podcast. But uh you know, the big sick is based on his relationship Kamal Nanjiani's relationship with his wife and they wrote it together and it's their story. And it, there is still controversy about whether or not it promotes the idea of like choosing white women over South Asian women, you know, and, and whether or not like white women are seen as like a, uh, I don't want to talk about it anymore, but, um, and that movie came out in like what, 2011, 20, when did that movie come out? More like 2013 or 14. Mm -hmm. Um, or 15 or 16 or 17 or 18. But like, okay. yes. Uh, but I think like, I, I do trust that it is, it's possible to make it a version of it where it is at least conscious, consciously yeah. asking those questions. Yeah. Um, because I don't, because where you don't live in a world, thank God, where like, it is just sort of like, oh, white people have to stay with white people. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's not the world we live in. And so I want movies to like, try those things and let it be challenging but actually address it in conscious ways mm. so. no yeah it, yeah i would be very interested in 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 in, in that that movie mm. I, 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 yeah but also it'd be a different movie i just don't <laughs> i don't did you find this movie like captivating yeah i mean that's like it was also pretty boring there wasn't like a plot Really? Because, and like, yeah, no, I mean, I didn't find it captivating. It was just, I just felt like it was, it didn't feel, it didn't really feel 
long to me, even despite it being long, but I never felt enthralled. Mm-hmm. It just kind of felt like it was happening. Yeah. Like it just was, it just kept being on. Well, it felt like because it was meant to be about like day to day life. You know? Oh, I hate that shit. I hate that. I'm not that. saying that that's an excuse. I'm just saying like it, it was atten- intentionally trying to show in like portraying the members of this tribe as like humans showing day to day life, like in a way that we're, you know, and I, I'm not saying that I enjoyed it because of that. I just feel like it was very much like day to day stuff. And I, but I did really love the like council scenes. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. which were slow, which were like long scenes where basically like members of the tribe were like just talking about what should happen. And like, and so I feel like there were things about it that I really appreciated. Um, like, you know, very clearly showing like the amount of thoughtfulness and like consideration from different people's opinions that went into decisions that they made compared to like the way we saw like the structure of power and like, you know, the white people. Um, but no, it wasn't all that captivating. The Buffalo stampede thing, um, just fun fact, that was really a Buffalo stampede. They mm. had like thousands of buff. They had one chance a day basically to shoot that scene because they just would get the Buffalo going and like they'd hope like from miles away. Cause they will just like go for miles before they stop. Wow. So they like actually were doing that with Buffalo, uh, like just straight up stampeding. And I'm just moving. I found a couple of fun facts that are interesting. One also Kevin Costner did like 95% of his own stunts, which is kind of crazy, including in that, like riding his horse through the Buffalo. And this thing makes me, I think we should get rid of Kevin Costner um, because so a couple of years later, so after he was made like an honorary member of the Sioux Nation, he bought up something like a hundred acres or more of land uh, in South Dakota that was considered sacred by the Lakota and he bought it and his plan was to build a resort. And he tried for years to build a resort on this land and eventually like wasn't allowed to. But I was like, you dick. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Like, you just made this movie uh, seemingly with good intentions. You were made right. a, an honorary member of this community, and uh. then you just shit on it. Like, that was so gross. <laughs> so just want to drop that out there. Um, and I'm ready to talk about Ghost if you are. I am. Um, I, I just, I, and now, now I, the only, the only, the last thing I'll say is I do, I, I felt, in, I felt like it's important to say that, mm-hmm. I think that like I do I can't help but feel like my mind was made up about this movie before I went into watching it. So I will give that subtle caveat, but like so I definitely just don't think I was ever looking to try to find it interesting, but I just found it to be a boring movie. Mm-hmm. And I did feel like it was doing its best and did decent work it felt more like a bullshit sort of academy film um and look at that it mm-hmm. won the oscar yeah um mm-hmm. and 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 so i was like all right i'm not here to censor boring films but yeah i just thought it was boring totally onward let's talk about ghosts yeah ghosts ghost you talk about ghosts ghost? Um, so you were conflicted about ghosts. Tell me why. Well, I just think that there are um, there's some things in there's just there were a couple moments. Um, oh, also, I'm sorry, with Dances with Wolves, 
clearly uh, there's no such thing as like concussions or traumatic brain injuries because he is beaten in the head multiple times, Mm -hmm. unconscious with, he is clubbed with rifle butts Mm -hmm. over and over and he's just fine. He's doing good. Um, (laughs) But, you know, um, so there were just, there were just a couple things that, uh, just just a couple times just there were just a couple things and i'll just go ahead and i'll list them out um you know of ghost of ghost um one he you know he there was like there were a couple moments of like casual misogyny that i was like me i mean it's believable for the wall street world but i don't think it's the film is necessary i think the film is sort of designing it to be endearing which is like he comes in sees First female coworker, mm-hmm. he comment, great. yeah, like yeah, oh, whatever. looking good. Um, then he, uh, you know, when he's talking, I think there's like something that to me, I was like, I thought, oh, this is supposed to be like almost kind of saving the cat a little bit when he was talking about like, you know, being afraid of the the deal with the 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 people come the investors from Japan. He uh, and that well, like he was like really. Um, nervously like practicing Japanese to make sure that he gets it right. Mm-hmm. And then he was like, you know, I, I can't, um, can't tell my, can't tell. What does he say? My, uh, Oh, I can't, I can't very well tell my Swedish pom pom girl joke. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, no, you so can't. you, uh, <laughs> start lots of meetings with yeah. a Swedish pom pom girl joke. Like what is, what is happening? Mm-hmm. Um, and then, also, um, you know, he he also he also says to her when they're walking after the play, um, like right before he's mugged, he's you know they're having the conversation that like I would have liked it. I I understand that like it, again, it's nineteen ninety. This film was trying to undo like trying to open up the conversation for him to be more like part of the point is that he should have been more sensitive and more vulnerable mm-hmm. um, and, and should have listened to her more. But I do wish there was a little bit more in the, in the moment where she's talking about how like this reviewer from the New York times is important to her and he is yeah. dismissing it. But then he's, but he then goes one step further to say, it shouldn't matter what anyone else thinks. Just, just what, what I, I think. think. And I was oh. like, whoa, <laughs> whoa, dude. Um, and then the, um, and then the only other thing, there was just like, there was one more thing. Um, shit, I can't remember it. Um, but, but yeah, like there were just those, there were just a, a, a couple moments where the blind. I feel like the the blind spots of the writers were coming through. Mm-hmm. Um, but can I can I can I say something that I that I feel like is important to me? Mm-hmm. That when I saw it, I was like, finally, mm-hmm. this is like the first movie I feel like I've ever seen besides Do the Right Thing, where they have a believable living situation 
in New York City. Because, yes, they have a giant great apartment. He's a banker, though. But he's a a banker on Wall Street. And Soho in the early 90s was a shit area. Mm -hmm. So they bought a building in a shit area. Mm -hmm. And... You know, and he, and then they, and and then they redid it themselves. Mm. Like, that's a very believable thing for mm-hmm. a Wall Street mm-hmm. banker to achieve. Sure. Uh, and I was just like, I was like, oh man, I, I, there was just something that was like a breath of fresh air about that. Um, <laughs> yeah, because uh, mm-hmm. so many times in New York, you know, it's like it's like Friends, you know, where yeah. she's no, a God, sous chef and crazy. she's a wait, she's a barista, and right. they live in the village. Right. And it's well, like, and, no. and to take that for like something that I appreciate about the movie, and it was like not the point of the movie, but certainly was like a theme throughout, was like the ways that like spaces in the city are uh, are like kind of are and especially were like before lots of gentrification came to parts of Brooklyn and stuff like pretty segregated, you know, as far as like who lives where and who feels comfortable where, like when she was talking about when, um, sorry, she is not helpful. When Sam wants to bring Oda May to the bank to like do this Mm -hmm. thing, um, she was like very clearly uncomfortable in like the financial district. And like, I mean, she sort of, it, it was came off as like a joke where she said something like, I don't know much about banks. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like there is definitely this thing that is the movie is like start touching on of like the ways that like knowledge about like banking systems and wel- yeah. being welcomed into a space where you can like learn about your finances. It has been, you know, historically like a privileged white space. Also, I've been in a like I was this was like a couple of years ago when when we used to live on 140. Mm-hmm. I was in a bank, a bank of America to make a deposit. Or do something with, I don't know. But then there was somebody who was, and it was a young guy. He was there cashing a a check. And they were like, are you sure that you don't want to just deposit this in an account? Mm -hmm. And then he was like, he was like, no, I don't do banks. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what? Um, But yeah, yeah, and, and, and when I was, you know, in Washington Heights, there were, there were the amount of like, like that that is a high liquid community because i, I and I, I don't really i think there's a lot of like institutional factors to that mm-hmm. but i remember like needing to mail something in the post office and i was just looking at all the people around me carrying like massive amounts of cash mm-hmm. and i was like what why y'all have so much cash mm-hmm. um but yeah, it, it, that's very true. Um, also, it was definitely a look at Bushwick pre uh, what twenty ten because Willie lives off Myrtle Wyckoff, um, mm-hmm. which is something j- like just a couple stops away. Like uh, maybe I think it's actually just one stop away from where I live now. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. Very different. Now. And I live in. in like in a, I live in an incredibly trendy area of uh East Williamsburg. Mm. Um but yeah, I mean it's it, it's just interesting a way that like the city has changed. Something I did notice though is that uh he definitely goes down into the subway at West Fourth Street and it is then Franklin Avenue. Mm-hmm. Um I was like, wait, what? Yeah, I like uh, little New York things we yeah. Um, but for the most part, I mean, it's pretty like, 
believe, yeah, like it's a pretty solid depiction of New York City. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, agreed. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I, I like really appreciate just that, like the amount, the playfulness with genre that like it really embodied. Yeah. It was like, it was like clearly a romance because of like this love who's gone, but who's still there, Mm -hmm. you know, but also it was like really funny. Like most of a lot of the comedy being like Whoopi Goldberg was really funny and like had some really funny moments and lines lines. and and her storyline too is just like, yeah by nature funny so i feel like that was really cool and and then also like this this sort of like thriller thing of like what's at the source of this and like she's in danger you know like all those things were given equal weight in a way that's like very just like surprising and um playful yeah yeah i really like that uh, and i like with regards to like the 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 thriller aspect i mean fucking him when once he like learns to you know like push things and yeah. he's de- like and he's going after uh Carl and Willie I mean scary. it is <laughs> intense it yeah. is scary and like yeah. um then when like honestly it could be very cheesy mm-hmm. how they deal with the the afterlife business and 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 also like you know in the at the very end it gets a little bit cheesy mm-hmm. um but like when it comes to the like Willie and and Carl getting dragged oh, away, man. like it's, it's kind of scary. It's really like scary. Yeah. yeah, these little demon shadows. Yeah, and like they're like moaning that right, they do. Yeah, I right. mean it is. No, it is. It's true. Yeah. And they could have gone so much more over the top with the like heaven stuff, right? But they just it was like this blurry, colorful landscape mm-hmm. that he was walking towards, and I appreciate that. Yeah, mm-hmm. and um, but yeah, and I just I do I just there were so many moments where like, I mean incredibly emotionally resonant where like I was, you know, I didn't necessarily cry, but I felt like right on the verge, like in the diner when she walks away and then she's, you know, and Sam's like, ditto, say ditto. And she's like, what is ditto? And yeah. you see like Demi Moore freeze. Right. Yeah. Um, right. No, totally. And the penny being lifted and yeah, it was really, also, cool. I love the conversation that they were having before he got shot. When he's just, she's mm-hmm. like, you know, you never say it. Yes, I do. Like she's mm-hmm. calling him out on being right. invulnerable. Right, and she's like, and she she's the one who brought up like marriage. marriage like yeah. she kind of almost is proposing. I also love that her hair is so short, and she just mm-hmm. like wears her comfy like clothes yeah, very all the like time. it's so yeah. awesome. And like it's not ever even like commented on or talked about. But I feel no. like I was actually I was like genuinely thinking about all the movies we'd seen so far, and like. I can't remember like a female romantic lead in a movie yet who had like short hair like that. Even. Right. Like, it's such a small thing, but like um, just like sort of, yeah, pushing against the kind of expectation of like, of what's, you know, of like gender and yeah, femininity, even, you know, even like uh, even spirituality, like mm. is depicted in a way that like is while it's still, implying this like heaven hell duality i mean one it's not necessarily linking it explicitly to a christian context also mm-hmm. i feel like so many movies would dial up 
the fact that she's an atheist Mm -hmm. so that then it could dial up her feeling proved wrong Mm -hmm. and that like having some sort of moment of like wholesome realization that there is this beautiful spirit world which they don't really go into um yeah Yeah. i also i was just thinking about oda may's character and um i i was craving like a little more as far as like her like basically i i I don't know i was just thinking about her compared to other characters who are like in other movies like people of color who are whose role really is like supporting the the journey of like the white leads um because that is basically her story here uh but that she but like at the same time they do spend some time like showing us more about like her background and what like the fact like how what's happening is affecting her you know like her because she has this whole Mm storyline of like her mother and her grandmother were psychics and like had the gift and they always said she had the gift but she's just been like faking it this whole time and so now she is she does have the gift like you know what does this mean and she like hates it but then she loves it you know and like she lives um, with her sisters like we see like she has like family that she's close bond with right and they have like a funny relationship Mm -hmm. as far as like how they you know relate to her and like the sort of show that they put on at her at the like psychic shop mm-hmm. um I, w- I i was the one moment where i was like oh this would have been s- pretty cool maybe is like the moment towards the end where swayze like goes into her body basically where she lets him do that and so that he can like speak through her kind of and like be seen yeah. by demi Moore as himself and it was like and so immediately when when she looks at Whoopi goldberg again like she sees patrick swayze basically and i was like it would have been cool maybe if like we saw Whoopi for more of that moment. Like that is a moment of like literally like you, you can, she says like you can use me, you know, like using her body to like be a conduit for the two white people to like see each other one more time. And like, um, and I don't know. And then, but then she just like disappears and there's this like tender moment and it could have been cool to see like the tender moment between the two of them. But like, we know also she's seeing Sam. I don't know. Um, I think, that that's uh possible um and i get the sort of like m- like macro conversation about it but like something that i would say in particular is that like demi moore does not look at him uh she actually uh she closes her eyes like after oh. after yeah no they're looking at each other uh i'm almost i'm I, I actually I'm pretty positive that her eyes are closed. No, I feel like they're looking into each other's eyes, mm, caressing each mm. other's faces. Yeah, mm. I'm so sure. I'm okay, almost well, positive. We'll have to go yeah. to the tape once again. Yeah. But. Can we roll a clip? Can we, <laughs> do, we, do we have a clip? Um, but I'm almost positive that her eyes are closed, so that mm. she can be picturing it. Well, because when she like feels his hands, like they, basically she does feel him. Right, but then the difference is when he actually goes into Whoopi Goldberg's body. No, 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 no. I'm oh. saying when he is inside Whoopi Goldberg's body and we see Whoopi Goldberg's hands go around her hands, mm-hmm. that she is feeling that there is a difference right. that time than other times she has been around Otome Brown and she can tell the way that she's that he's looking at her, mm-hmm. that it's Sam and not mm-hmm. and not Otome, that like she then closes her eyes to be able to picture Sam, which is when we see 
the two of them together. Could very well be. Um, And that her closing her eyes becomes the mechanism for us seeing the two of them together. And then Carl banging on the door. Mm -hmm. Snaps them out. Like gets, like opens her eyes. And then we see Whoopi Goldberg again. Mm. Um, It would have been, I do think it would be sensitive, but I do think that there is something to seeing the seeing them sort of in an embrace or something like mm. together and then seeing them from a different angle where you're seeing Whoopi or something like that. I think that it would the important thing to be the important thing would be to do it in a way that because much of her character is comedy in a way that like and it's also just like a, a, a you know a strong juxtaposition you it would need to be a way that like sort of deepens the pain of the moment and not in a way that accidentally gets converted to comedy. Totally. Yeah. But I believe she could do that. But Well, yeah, I mean, I don't think that they're in that role. I think that the 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 cinematographer and the uh-huh. and the editor are in that mm-hmm. role to make it mm-hmm. to determine whether or not it's funny. It's on them. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, no. Um I, yeah, no, I don't. I don't think there was any debate as to whether or not Whoopi Goldberg could handle that. Sure. Um, yeah. Uh, oh, important note. I did I not already? Oh wow. Oh yeah, she had already done. <laughs> I can't believe I didn't already say this. She had already been in the color purple that like like five years earlier. I, I don't know how that didn't make it into the thing in the beginning. Oh, sure. Um, which something that I feel like is important. Oh, 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 now I see what it is. When he's talking about I'm Henry the Eighth, I am, I'm Henry mm-hmm. the Eighth, I am, and she explains like when she's in the diner talking to Demi Moore about all the things that she um uh like giving her all the reasons that it's Sam, it's like the this and the that and the all the all the different facts that she knows and she says like Henry the Eighth I am you know he sings this song and she was like oh, that's how he got me to first go out with him and mm-hmm. I was like that's annoying that's yeah, kind of that's not great <laughs> that's yeah that's kind of fucked up <laughs> like yeah um yeah but then the other thing was that uh when they're going through um when I have to when they were going through like her criminal record in the police station. Mm. The the first crime was like in 67. And I'm like, it's 1990. Mm, mm-hmm. Like Whoopi Goldberg is 35. <laughs> it's 67. Huh, that's so funny. She would yeah. have it, 12. She <laughs> yeah. got arrested for forgery at right. 12. Right. <laughs> like, was it on a permission slip? That, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Well, that's great. I, uh, do you feel changed? I don't feel changed. No, I think no. we should keep them both. Same. Yeah. I do. Let's do it. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. I feel good. And uh, I I love Ghost. And I, I can't, I, <laughs> yeah, I'm really, really glad fun. that I got I to was, watch it again. Yeah. I liked it a lot more than I expected I would. Because it was your first I, time? Yeah, I'd never seen it. Yeah. <gasps> cool. Yeah. Um, right. Well, here we are in the 90s. Here we are so in the 90s. In a new decade. A new decade, new prospects. And uh, yeah, I uh, thank you for listening. Mm hmm. We're so happy to be back. So happy. This is a Rock Rising Productions podcast. Yes. I'm Stephen Moskis. I'm Gina Stevenson. I'm available wherever Stephen Moskis is sold. That's true. As is Gina the Withag. Mm, but not the Withag, no, but underscore Withag. Underscore Withag. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, I can close this out with a sweet, sweet coup. 
haiku that is. Yeah, please say the full name, otherwise <laughs> okay, it's I'm problematic. Sorry. Oh, um, sorry. Wow. Um, wow. Okay, ready? Yes. Uh, okay, this one I went a little thoughtful, serious with, so and I'm not being sarcastic. Anyways, okay. I now I. Anyways, violence encroaches. A way of life. A person, not quite gone, but changed. Yeah, yeah. That's just like a. That's just like a solid. Solid poem. haiku. <laughs> like you're submitting that to a contest. You know? Totally, totally. Like, yeah. Uh, I expect. Uh, uh, at the very least, a special thanks. Uh, Great. <laughs> I'll give you the credit. Yeah. All right. All right. Later. See you in 91. Later. Which, See you in podcast is produced by rock rising come follow us on instagram and if you want to hear more podcasts visit rockrising.org thanks